Welcome to Theory Paranormal. This is our episode four of our podcast. I am your host, Pax, and I am here with my fellow team member, Dalton. Today, on this podcast uh, in particular, we are going to be discussing uh, possessions. and uh, Not the kind of possessions you buy either. Nope, not the things that you buy when you're stopping at a gas station going, I need that tchotchke to put up on the mantle to stare at and go, why did I spend $4,000 and all those little spoons? So, as far as it goes, <clears throat> me and Dalton both have had experiences uh, in the paranormal realm or world, it's safe to say, uh, where we have both witnessed in person uh, a possession uh, right before our very eyes. Now, I'm sure as everybody thinks of the word possession, you think of television. You think of famous movies, people crawling backwards, upside down, downstairs, heads turning different ways, bones cracking, uh, multiple languages or even languages that you don't even know coming out of said person's or, or whatever's mouth. And uh, nine times out of ten, you got to witness it on TV or in the movie theater. Well, I am here to tell you as a fact from my experience that it is indeed real. And, uh, well, let's, let's try to clarify something too. <clears throat> when you talk about a possession, there's two types of possessions to me. This is just, again, my opinion on this. So it's two types of possession. You have a regular possession, which is a spirit of some type, um, taking over the body of a person and, when I say a spirit, I mean just a regular spirit, like the type of stuff that we investigate, you know, regular spirits and ghosts. Mm -hmm. Then you have your biblical possession. So they rate it as a possession. Okay. And then you have the demonic possession, which would be the, uh, what do you, what do you call them? Um, where they move their bodies in weird positions and stuff. Contortion? Contortionist, yes. Okay. So they contortion the body. They speak Latin. They might speak a language that, say, they just never spoke before, don't even know. So just to clarify possessions, I would like to clear that up in the beginning, that there's two, there's two types of possessions. You have a regular possession of just a normal entity or spirit taking over the body, and then you have your demonic possession which a lot of these famous tv show these movies and t uh famous cases um were brought out because those were demonic possessions okay um you get into the biblical part there so what we're talking about between me and you we just seen a regular possession of to clarify that we have not witnessed a demonic possession we've just witnessed a regular spirit possession if you want to say that if you agree to that no not at all 
<laughs> Have you seen an actual demonic possession? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, um, I know everybody scratched their head going, who's on first, you know? Um, here, here's what I can kind of throw out there. Um, from what investigations I have done, there has always been a very big vetting process on individuals uh, in the past that I would go and potentially try to assist. Um, everything from sitting down and doing a preliminary meet and greet, uh, trying to get a feel for the individual that needs assistance, uh, to having those individuals fill out a questionnaire a very in-depth personal questionnaire uh, that gets literally right to the source of a lot of different subjects. Some people, and I'll be honest, don't want to fill it out because it gets personal. Uh, when I potentially would put myself in a situation, I need to have the full picture of what's going on. I need to see the family dynamic. I need to see the emotional dynamic. I need to see the mental well-being and psychological dynamic. I need to see all different things going on so I can have that picture potentially painted for me so that way I can say, okay, what are the contributing factors here? Because... And dynamics, though, I mean, what do you, you... Are you talking background, religion, et cetera? I'm, when I reference dynamic... I'm talking that particular accord agreement of the way things are composed. So <clears throat> if I inquired about somebody's religious background, that helps give me a beat on what their preferences are, what, they be what their belief system is, um, what they do and don't agree with uh, religiously uh, via theology. Um, likewise with medication, because... The thing that is very tricky with somebody succumbing to an entity that I will say very loosely because there is many things out there besides a entity, quote unquote, that can overtake an individual um, that can affect a person on multitudes of levels. Uh, I already mentioned a lot previously. Um, the biggest factor that I've always seen is on their mental psyche. Uh, for those individuals to be able to tell what is real and not at certain points in time, uh, sadly enough. Um, but I don't want to get too far and ahead of myself in this because it's, it's a lot to unpack. It really is. Um, I will say this. I remember the first time I saw somebody, um, for a lack of better words, uh, I, I almost want to say get overtaken, but have an energy inside of them that made it to where they no longer were themselves. Now that, you can, you can say that. So was this person like a medium or a psychic or what? Because you know, like you get some of the mediums and psychics you see that do the seances and stuff. And sometimes, it does happen, even though you see it on TV and it's kind of a ploy. 
but it does happen to where those people um where the spirit will actually accidentally slip inside them and take them over so was this this person a medium or psychic of some sort or what uh well <clears throat> first and foremost out of respect for everybody i will ever speak about i will never give particulars or places um i will never give names um that's just a policy that we have at theory paranormal um but to answer your particular question uh, dalton um this particular individual uh, was a working professional uh, that was very, very talented and smart uh, for this person, very well educated, had a, a very coveted position that they dedicated their life to. Um, that's what I can say on that level. So, and I just asked, I just asked that question because I, re I realized that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to sit there and go, uh, you know, this person's name or that. I'm not trying to get any names. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of the possibility. And I think maybe the listeners would like a better understanding of, was this a normal person or was this a gifted person or it, this, this, this particular individual was just a normal person. Okay. And what I mean by normal, um, for any of our listeners that have listened to any of our previous podcasts, me or Dalton have touched base on people that are gifted, uh, which is just denoted by somebody having abilities uh, in common day that aren't quote unquote normal, being able to see entities or spirits or energy or shadow people, uh, hearing them to, uh, you know, potentially getting memories. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, but this particular person was just a, an average person uh, that never had any sort of interaction of anything of the paranormal. Uh, they uh, lived a very non-intrusive life, uh, meaning that they had a, a very simple routine of life. And they didn't have a lot of interaction of uh, individuals coming in and out of their lives. If you... Everybody, kind, of, kind of a loner? I don't, I'm not going to say a loner, but what I'm trying to get at is is we all know, unfortunately, at times, um, there's always that family member that just no matter what you find out about them for each holiday, there's always something following them. Some sort of... Uh, uh, I guess, drama or some excitement or just something. And you're always just like, wow, when, when, when will things settle for this individual? But what I'm trying to get at is, is this particular individual just had a very simple life. Um, routine wise, livelihood wise, there wasn't anything that was like, Hey, uh, this is the major standout. This is potentially why, uh, this individual could be encountering or experiencing what they were. And that was one of the things that made this particular investigation, this case, even more unique because some point in time, investigators, uh, depending on their resources, they will have to pull in other individuals that are specialized in different things. So they can rely on their expertise to say, hey, here's where we're at, you know, kind of scratching my head. What's going on? And then 
you paint the picture for those individuals and they'll say, hey, well, this happened, so this is maybe what this may mean. Oh, well, this happened during this time of the year or this with the different phases of the moon or this with the seasons. It just depends on whatever their speciality is. They potentially can bring things to the table that just totally non even cognizant of. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. Mm. And, it, and it helps paint the picture. Right. Um, but as, as far as it goes for this individual, uh, the investigation started fun, uh, preliminary. Uh, I didn't find anything that really stood out with this individual. Very calm, very collected, well-mannered, um, persona-wise. You know, everything seemed even-keeled. It's not like you could have just looked over and be like, aha, you know, where you see something stand out and you're like, that's not right. So so this was an investigation you were doing and this is the person you were investigating their place? Yes. Well, Okay. So this was like a... So it wasn't like you and a team member investigating and something happened to a team. You were you were inv- doing a private investigation. Yes, correct. I was doing a private investigation at this individual's home. Okay. Uh, and there was a team there. We were trying to get a beat on what exactly was going on. And what it ultimately came down to is this individual uh, ended up having numerous headaches for no reason, um, having nightmares all the time. Uh, and, you know, from the outside in, you're like, okay, well, those are precursors that are natural. Those happen to everybody in everyday life. Um, True. But for this individual, it, it, it seemed out of sorts. And so after, from what I believe, uh, this individual running at dead ends by following up with the medical world, you know, trying to do what they could, putting their best foot forward, getting checked out and, you know, tests and everything else. Everything was calling me back as a blank, nothing. So. I mean, what the, what the actual place you were in, what, what did it feel like? I mean, I don't mean to cut you off at that point, but I just wanted, I'm kind of interested, like, so you, you, Go ahead, just go ahead and finish, because I might be ahead of you right now. You you might be on to where I want to go. Are you being intuitive, or am I being intuitive right I now? Get, I got no idea, but I'm feeding <laughs> off of something. I mean, <laughs> definitely ain't veal, but it's okay. <laughs> there was a veal joke a while ago in another podcast for any of our listeners that may remember that. Um, and uh, as, as, as far as it goes, um, this particular location was just in a regular neighborhood. Everything was simple, relaxed, quiet. Now, I will say, uh, when I got to this location, everything seemed okay for the most part, but a particular room did seem off, um, didn't, didn't pass the normal muster test, as I call it. Not mustard, but muster, an old military term for showing up and going to the location and figuring stuff out. Um, and majority of the devices that we used everything was just coming back nothing and there was a particular room where i could walk in and as myself being uh with the aptitude of of being uh 
depending on what you may reference it as, being sensitive or intuitive. Um, it felt off. It felt very repressed. It felt kind of dark and muddy. And uh, I was like, all righty then. <laughs> Just kind of walk in, you know, <laughs> and you do a quick circle and then you walk out and, you know, the other team member's looking at me going, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm done in there. <laughs> you yeah, want to go in? Have fun. Take a stab. Yeah, you can have that. Right? <laughs> and so it's kind of like around Robin, you know, you send another team member in and it's like, hey, you know, what what's your read? And uh, after a confirmation uh, of what I was picking up on there, uh, I was like, all right, yeah, maybe maybe something's going on here. And uh, So at this point, you walked into this room, it felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So you're pretty yeah. much still thinking it's just a spirit or something haunting the place. Well, you haven't got to the point where this guy is, or this person, he or she, whatever. So you haven't got to the point where, like, and I'm, I don't mean to try to rush you, but I'm just saying, like, um, so you felt uncomfortable. So at this point, you still didn't know that this person was being taken over or anything. At the only thing I knew at this particular point in time was this individual was having nightmares, um, was having health ailments, and they were getting no answers from any medical professionals of how and why. Hmm. Um, that's what we were going on. Uh, which I, which aren't really signs of 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 anything of the paranormal. I mean, yeah, it's medical, right? I mean, what I just mentioned that could be condensed into you know hundreds if not thousands of normal daily life items medical or non-medical you know right um and uh how this individual came about us is uh for this particular scenario we were doing a radio talk show at the time uh, internet radio talk show and they caught wind and caught a few episodes and then they were like hey Maybe this particular team would like to come on out and uh, see what's what. And, you know, uh, very happily we did. And ultimately, towards the end of the night, it was like, we're, we're drawing nothing here. You know, we're trying to use devices. Things aren't really coming up. Um, nothing was really popping. Nothing was standing out. And it was just kind of like, okay. You know, kind of like closing time at the end of the, at the end of the prom dance. You know, the lights are on. You know, the janitor's already sweeping stuff up, and you got a few stragglers trying to dance to the last slow song. You know, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's time to pack up, everybody. You know, and uh, I would say the last hour and a half, that's when everything just hit the fan. Hmm. So it was like a certain time, like a trigger, or what? <sighs> For this particular investigation, I would say about one thirty to three fifteen is when everything just just went haywire. Um, for people that don't know, and for people that are familiar, uh, there's a phrase called the witching hour, uh, which which we found. I found to be not really true, <laughs> but well, it, it 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 depends on experience and and what you read and what you believe in and stuff like that. I would say like a lot of times, like um, if you get a lot of activity, I mean, we're kind of walking off the possession topic, but if you 
if you get a lot of activity, let's say between one and four o'clock in the morning, um, that's usually when something happened. Like that's the strongest energy point when something happened at that time. Somebody died. Somebody uh, did something stupid. You know what I'm saying? Nope. No idea. No idea. Keep going. Just roll with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Yeah, I know. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, so if you got act, so you didn't get no activity for a while, and all of a sudden between one and three thirty in the morning, activity was just crazy. That's probably when something negative really happened, and that's when it's most energized. Right. So. Right. And <clears throat> so, <laughs> how can I put this? <laughs> I want to put this gingerly as possible and not just jump into it. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare anybody. Um, so here's the deal. I have been in the paranormal for quite some time. Every single one of my experiences, it's never been like an OMG moment and hightail it out of there. You, you know, you have that that part of you where you want to be that little kid that hears, you know, the owl make the noise in the woods and just take off because it's 6 p.m. and it's kind of dark and you're just like, you know, let's get out of here. Um, but this particular individual started talking in a foreign language that nobody knew. And what was even more interesting is his eyes weren't dilated because it was dark or her eyes. Hmm. They were like almost small as a pinhole. Like they were small. It didn't make sense. And what exuded from this person was just pure anger. I, it, now, just watching it, because I was, I don't know, about seven, eight feet away. Um, they were sitting in a chair <clears throat> and just said, hey, you know, it's toward the end of the night. We know it's been a long night. We know it's been a long night for you. Go ahead and just sit here, relax, and let's just see what happens. And it's like, oh, okay. So next thing we know, this individual just pops up and just starts speaking in this language, completely irritated. Uh, and then we shine the light over at them. And then that's first key right there was the eyes. Now, for anybody that doesn't know too much about the way eyes really work is when it's dark, your pupils get bigger. So that way they can take in more light to see in the dark. So for this individual to have their pupils smaller didn't make sense at all. Doesn't sound like it. And then to have this mannerism about them, uh, that was just so visceral, um, angry, just, it's, for me, I was conflicted. Two reasons. One, to have the whole night go by and nothing go on and everything be even keeled, 
polite, nonchalant, low key. And then for it to just take a 180, like something slammed on the brakes and said, okay, game on. Uh, the second thing is, is that I have what I'm sensing, or let me rephrase this. I have what I'm seeing with my senses, what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling, what I'm seeing, all of that. So I have those faculties going on for me. My brain's working, you know, left side, right side of my brain are firing off. Well, this makes logical sense. This doesn't, you know, or maybe this has contributed to this or, you know, the work lifestyle or health, whatever. But my intuitive side, uh, the side of me that kind of clues into stuff, energy-wise and everything else, is like, mm -mm. don't don't buy into this. Not in the fashion of not believing it, but there's a lot more here than what you're physically seeing right now. Of course, and, and 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 the thing is, when you see it for the first time, because you have never seen it before, it does become a question in your mind: Is this person? legitimately what I think's going on here. Right. Or is this person, you know, trying to blow something up my butt, you know what I'm saying? And, and it ain't in a good way because here I've been here all night and I've got nothing. And all of a sudden now this person's acting really weird and speaking a language. Now you, you just sit there and you got to make a decision at that point, which kind of sucks for us to try to make that decision because you know, we're not going to jump right in and go, Oh man, snap, this dude's possessed or right. No. Has he got a mental issue now? Is there something we're missing medical because he's doing headaches and he's doing this or female female. Right. So I, I just always not, not to be sexist or anything, but I'm just always like here, whatever, just a common thing for me. So at this particular point, <clears throat> we, uh, we turn on the lights, right? Because things got ratcheted up real quick, okay? So as a come-to-Jesus moment, as people call it, if they're religious, I just always use it sometimes. That's my expression of saying, hey, this is the real deal. We need to, <laughs> we need to you know, focus right now and, and collect ourselves. Um, we turned on all the lights, and trying to change the environment and no effect whatsoever. It got to the point to where the individual was flailing their arms around, ended up kicking the chair that they were sitting in, went flying across the living room. And then you're thinking, okay, so you went from mild mannered, relaxed, docile to the extreme all of a sudden. And so at this point, I'm sizing everything up, uh, being with my past, uh, being prior service military. <laughs> I'm going, okay, where are the exits? Uh, you know, <laughs> if this individual starts going for one of my team members, you know, uh, what's the best way to handle the situation to make sure everybody is safe? Um, and you still don't know. I mean, you, you don't, don't. You don't. When you, when you deal with something like this for the first time, you just don't know. No. You're, you're, you're flying by the seat of your pants at this moment. And so <clears throat> the first thing that I noticed uh, was the eyes were still the same. They never changed when the lights came back on. They never went back to looking normal. And 
the the tone and the language that the individual is speaking, I can't place it. It 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 didn't denote uh, a a Spanish background or an Italian background or a a uh, Oriental background, uh, Asian background, um, a European background. I've I've lived all over the world. I was not able to place anything about that language that tipped me off to say, hey, I denote a little bit of vocabulary or dialect to say, okay, it's this or that. And for one second, I just sat there and tried to collect myself uh, mentally because when things get real, real, you know, we're all human. Sometimes people panic, sometimes people freeze, sometimes they just have the brain dump and then you're just like, oh, wow, wait, what's going on? And the reason why I just relaxed and did a brain dump is because I wanted to take everything in to see if I was missing something. And then at that particular point, I said, okay, uh, this is really happening. There is no other way around this. Uh, I started noticing the person's facial features changing. I'm not talking about a smile. I'm talking about the tonage in their muscle ligaments in their face. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this individual, um, I would just leave it simply as they had a, a face that had a little bit of weight to it. But I started seeing definition in their cheeks all of a sudden. Okay, and what I mean by definition, I'm talking like uh, uh, it changed. It changed as if, you know, you walk with somebody and grab their face and you see their face kind of get thinner. I saw that happen before me, and I was like, okay, this is some next-level stuff now. So ultimately what ended up happening, <clears throat> uh, I've spoke previously in other podcasts about different forms of energy, uh, water is a very, very big conductor of energy. So ended up going to all the sinks in the house and just let all the faucets flow with water. Now, did this air, that irritate this person or not? It irritated this person like you would not believe. You, you just, you, this is all happening and you're like, yeah, this can't get any worse. What it went from this to this and it got worse. Well, yeah, because now you're getting into the demonic. And at this point in time, you know, yes, we have specialists there with us, but we're starting to run out of ideas, you know? And it's like, okay, we got an individual that has no prior history of anything, okay? Uh, the work life's great. Personal life's great. Home life's great. There's not a smidge of anything that we can point a finger at and say, okay, this may be what it's contributing from. Everything's fine at the end of the night, and then it just hits the fan. And then you think maybe it might calm down and relax, and it gets worse. And then that's where we're at. Yeah, was this person a uh, pretty religious background? Were they? This particular person did not have a, a background at all 
uh, religiously. They were aware and they were new. They were very educated, but it wasn't something, uh, I guess it's safe to say that they prescribed to, for it to be a foundational point in their life. Did they have any kind of beliefs? They did not. Hmm. And so what ended up happening at the end of the night, after about 10 minutes of having all the water ran in the house nonstop, um, after the chair was kicked, let me rewind back, after the chair was kicked, uh, everybody was engaging this individual by talking to them to try to get everybody to be a focal point as a distraction so that way whatever was going on with this individual, they were paying more attention to everybody around them versus what was going on with them themselves inside at that moment. And over time, it actually worked. Now, what happened at the end of the night is when things calmed down and was de-escalated, uh, sadly enough, this individual did not remember anything that transpired. They told us point blank they remembered us showing up. They remembered talking to us for the first hour or two. And then that's it. Hmm. And then they were just standing in the middle of their own living room. And what it ultimately came down to for this individual's house, and this is going to be out there, I know, for a lot of people that are going to hear this, well, you've, you've already got the salt shakers thrown over their shoulders about now. I've seen, <laughs> you've got them people ir- irritated. I can see that already. What it came down to was for this particular location. Um, I won't get into it on this podcast, but I'll say there were energy, uh, if you will, portals that were allowing things to come through per se. Um, This deals with a lot of different planes of energy, as I'll call it. Uh, For anybody that's curious, the only thing I can tell you is research the astral planes. That's all I'll say on that because I don't want to deviate too far from from what we're talking about, but it has to do with that. Now, did this person, I mean, do they have any signs of playing with Ouija boards or doing any kind of witchcraft to open these portals or the portals just happen to be, I mean, what, what was, what do you think the insight was to have portals? The insight was literally they were tied to the land. Okay. Strictly to the land and the location. Um, so here's, here's the thing that I'll say to this. You, can live anywhere you want. You can see a bunch of woods, you can see a bunch of barren land, or you can see a house that somebody lived in and then you can make a home out of it or build a home. Now for your whole life, it may seem normal and you'll never have anything wrong go on in your life. But for other people, sometimes that's not the case and things affect them. Uh, if you watch a lot of shows about the paranormal and I'm not going to 
point particular fingers to any show, but you'll see a lot of that happening about energy being tied to a location or place or things happening. And that's what I'm referencing. Well, it can be tied. You can, you can tie the energy to the land and you know, you know how it is. The builders, they try to build in every nook and cranny they can. So if they found a big piece of land that actually nothing was sitting on, but it actually has had some stuff happen to it and you build on top. I, I mean, when you're done, I'll, I'll go into a pretty much prime example of that real quick, but yeah, it, it, it just comes down to, even if you don't see anything, there could be energy associated to the area. That's all it comes down to kind of like a residue. And what's weird is though, usually you feel that you sense that when you come, when you, when you go to the property or you go to the building, you'll usually feel that. But I was kind of leaning on a portal there for a while when you were telling, cause it only, this seemed like one room. I guess that's the portal room. The one that felt uncomfortable. I would say that that's what that room was. Uh, potentially. Potentially. You know, that's the wonderful thing. <laughs> and I'm saying that sarcastically, uh, depending on what someone's gifts are or not. And everything is always up for interpretation. Everything is always going to be with a grain of salt. Um, you know, people are, 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 are gifted with multitudes of gifts, but that doesn't mean that's the de facto aha moment or answer because it's what your gut tells you, you know? So, but I would say that particular room, yeah, something wasn't right there whatsoever. And I mean, did, did you ever conclude like what, what type of possession? I mean, it sounds borderline demonic and it don't say, it sounds like it was new. <clears throat> Usually if a possession has been like, if that entity has been around that person for a long time and, has built up enough energy, um, you you would have had a stronger, probably a more different style presence than what you did. So that what I'm saying is this is like maybe in the beginning phases of that takeover. And so you did catch a few things, but did you ever get enough info to find out if it was actually just a simple spirit possession or an actual demonic possession? Unfortunately, uh, after that particular incident, uh, it, it really shook up the individual, which I completely understand. Sure. You know, completely. And after y'all change your drawers and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, after, after that particular incident though, um, the individual kept low key And, and I get it, you know, that right there, that is a memorable experience that nobody ever wants to have in their whole life and will change their viewpoints on everything that they ever knew about life. I guarantee you. And that's not what we're trying to do either. Trust me on that. We're not trying to break people's religions, beliefs or anything. We're just, no, we're again, these are our opinions and this is our experiences. Yep. That's the whole reason why we're called theory of paranormal because it's a theory, you know, we still don't understand most of it, but no, no, but uh, and that's one of the reasons why we decided to put our experiences out there um, to give you, as the people say now in this day and age, the real, real, the real, real. <laughs> well, I don't like to sugarcoat. That's that's probably 
one of the things about me that people like, they first meet me and they go, man, you're just a butthead, you know? <laughs> and then they get to know me. They're like, well, he's not such a bad guy anyway. He just don't beat around the bush. And I would rather tell people whether, whether you believe me or not, what I'm, what we're about to say or what I'm going to tell you or what he's going to tell you, Pax is going to tell you, whatever. Um, it really don't matter to me what you think, because if you weren't there, yeah, I could be sitting here telling you some bedtime story, but trust me when I tell you, these are our experiences. Mm -hmm. This is what really we've seen. Um, it's one of the reasons why we're on here doing this because we want to share it and, and maybe throw a little education there. Um, but basically we love what we do and we've dealt with it for so long. And it is one thing I will say that no investigator ever wants to come across. No. Is a, any kind of possession, even a lightweight possession. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to do that because trust me when I tell you we've, I'm going to tell you a story here in just a second, but what he just talked about, what I'm going to tell you, what we've seen, I don't care who you are. You don't know how to handle that. That's just totally out of our realm. That's just something that I don't even, you know, you can watch these movies and see like these priests come in there and they think they act like they know what they're doing. But in reality, man, if you talk to one, if you ever get to meet one, I've met a few of them. Um, I'm not going to mention any names. You know who I'm talking about. I've met a few yep. of them. Yep. Quite well-known, well-known in the Vatican, well-known in a lot of places. And they'll tell you when, when this type of thing happens and, and they've dealt and they've dealt with the, the demonic side of it, the true demonic side, the side that movies were built off of, if you understand that. And they'll tell you, man, we didn't know how to handle this. We didn't know uh, what this person was doing. But all we know is we couldn't explain what they were doing. The languages, the contortion, the body folding itself in certain ways and making, oh yeah, you know, and, and just the deep voices and growls and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, but the guttural tonages and stuff. Yeah. And, and then, then you get into, uh, them spitting foreign objects out, you know, nails, uh, stuff like that. That's just downright demonic, bro. And they'll tell you, man, whether it's that or just a normal spiritual possession, you just don't know how to handle it because that's just a whole nother realm. That's a whole, you're guessing basically, yep. I would say. Yep. You know, <clears throat> here's what I'll say to this. In the grand scheme of things I've witnessed, that was one of the darker, just bona fide, like, yeah, this is this is bad. Now, have I seen other forms of takeovers, as I call it, also besides possession? Yeah. Have they been as 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 visceral and, and guttural and mean and, and violent? No, not at all. And that's what I want to say, because most of the research I've done over possessions over a while because I'm pretty interested in in that area for the reason of being I like to bring this out too before I tell my story about my instant uh, my run run into somebody being taken over but over over all my dealings I have found that's why I asked if this person was religious or not because it, it sounds that sounds borderline demonic to me it sounds like 
when I usually say dark, when I say like something's dark, I don't always mean demonic dark. I just mean it's dark. There's a dark presence there. That does not always mean demonic. And a lot of people will say that. Like I'll say, well, this this building feels kind of dark. And they're like, oh, yeah, demons. And I'm like, no, it just feels dark. It's heavy. It's 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 not very inviting. And you can have that with normal spirits. You can have normal spirits that were just, uh, again, I'll go back to the difference between me saying evil and demonic, but you can have an evil spirit, but you can also have somebody, you know how people, even today, living that commit mass murders, there's a dark energy to those people, a deep, dark energy. That can be left there. So when you walk into a place and you go, man, this place just feels kind of dark, it doesn't necessarily mean demonic. But what you were describing to me actually was borderline demonic. And again, the reason I asked about the religion part, and I'm not knocking, again, this has nothing to do with us talking about the church or religion or anything as such. What, you're trying to see if it was spiritual warfare? Yes, because every <clears throat> possession that I have investigated, um, you can go from Elizabeth Knapp uh, to Annalise, I believe it's Mikkel, it's M-I-C-H-E-L, I believe it's Mikkel, um, who they made the movie Emily Rose. Emily Rose was actually done with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roth home, which we'll get into, we, we've done the Watsika Wonder, we investigated that. Um, and a few others that I've researched, all these people were prominent religious people. Now, Elizabeth Knapp, um, they, she was, um, what was that Protestant or what? I, I can't remember the name of that religion she was in, but anyway, my whole meaning is that the whole idea of these people, um, a Puritan, she was a Puritan. I'm sorry. That's the word I was trying to look for. Mm-hmm. So you went from Puritan and then let's say, you know, Annalise was a heavy uh, religious person in a certain religion, but all these people had religious backgrounds, and they all had demonic possession. Mm-hmm. Not a spiritual possession, but a demonic possession. So with the demonic possession, you know what that kind of tells me? And you know me, I'm not very religious. Um, I believe in a higher power, but I'm not a religious person because of what I do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be religious and do what we do, I think. I mean, it's just my opinion of that. But I think that's like a slap in their God's face. It's kind of like the devil, if you want to say, if you want to put it in biblical terms, the devil taking over God's child that's supposed to be protected by this faith that they're serving, that they're so um, devoted to, like they've devoted their life to this religion, this style. And for a demon to walk in and just take them like that, I can just say, in my opinion, my the way I say it, the way I see it, is that it's kind of a slap in their God's face. Like, ha-ha, look at me. No matter what kind of faith you teach them, no matter how stronghold of a stronghold that, that you think you have on them and their soul and their heart, I can still take this person. I can still intervene and do what I want to do. Do you understand what I'm trying to say there? No, I completely do. Um 
<clears throat> and, and just to add to a little bit what, what Dalton's saying, it comes down to everything that we've learned throughout history, throughout time, through the ages, decades, and millennia. It, it, as just simply being a human being, there's information. And in a perfect world, you have the do and do nots, as I call it. Do this, don't do this. And here are your expectations. Well, on the paranormal side of the world, it doesn't make a difference what you do or you don't do. If it wants to go left, when you're going right, it's going to. When you think you know what's what, and you go in prepared, and then you find out two seconds later for the rest of the investigation, you're not prepared. That's the way it is. And there's so much, like 99.9%, if not more than that, that we don't know as a human race about the paranormal world at all. And that's one of the things that interests me, because think about it. I look at it simply like this. Everybody lives their life. They're born, does amazing, great things, then pass on. And everybody is always about their life. They're always about experiences. They're always about what they can do. But there's sometimes, depending on what culture you're in or what you prescribe to for the different items of theology, there's a stigma around death. It's painted in this way or that way. How cool would it be, from my opinion, I'm just speaking this, how cool would it be to know if you had a loved one that passed away, you would find out and know for a fact when you passed on that they were going to be right there, you know? Then it changes the whole dynamic, I believe, about passing on. But what I'm trying to get at is... Do you really pass on, though? That's well, the, exactly. <laughs> that's the, Here's the magic question. When you're sleeping, are you really awake? And when you're awake, are you really sleeping? Depends on what kind of sleep you're in. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... um. There's so many questions that are unanswered that we'll still never know, no matter even if you dedicate your lifetime to trying to find the pursuit of information about the other side, the paranormal. Um, I mean, there's been professors and research people and people that are gifted that have dedicated their lives at research institutes uh, that have been established around the country and around the world that pursue this with a furry and passion and, and endless money pit that still don't get the answers that they are looking for. Maybe sometimes it's not about the way you're looking, but how you're looking, you know? Um, think about Isaac Newton. Think about Stephen Hawking, okay? Um, individuals that posed a bunch of stuff. And when they were younger, everybody was like, yeah, really? Uh-huh, okay, that's great. But they kept pushing the envelope, you know? Think of Einstein. All these great individuals dared to go against the normal grain of society and life and put their stuff out there. And because of that, they were able to become that much more successful and us as a society as a whole were able to benefit from their ingenuity and outward reaching thinking. And I think a lot of that right there in itself is the paranormal. 
we live in a society to where we really can't talk about it because you'll be chastised or you'll be shunned potentially or you'll get the stigma. I mean, granted, the paranormal shows of the last 10, 15 years are bringing it into a, a more acceptable culture as the generations come on. But we just don't know really what's going on with it. And it's not it's not just us, man. It's all over the world. Russians did it. Yep. Everybody's done it. But but anyway, so to get back to the possession thing, because here we go, we're out in left field again. Do you remember that project um that I told you about? Um the conjuring Philip? Yes, I do. Very what? extensively actually. You uh you gave me a good earful on it and uh it was something that I wasn't privy to, which surprised me because I Definitely like a lot of uh, tidbits of one-offs that most individuals aren't clued in about. And I'm not, I'm not, and this really, I don't think it really has much to do with possession, but it is an interesting story about, you were talking about uh, all these famous people and we were talking about worldwide paranormal stuff happening. And again, we're in left field, but who cares? We're, we're just going to flow with it. So... <laughs> The Toronto Society for Physical Research in 1972 actually conjured their own ghost. They created it. Get out of here. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting story. It's a true story. Um, there was, there was a, pol a poltergeist expert. I can't remember the doctor's name anyway. It was a doctor. And he set out to accomplish a goal. And that was to create a ghost. Now, never wait, heard wait, of it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me just rewind that. Or do, hold on. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Say it again. And that was just me faking that, by the way. That wasn't a real rewind. I know it kind of sucked, too. But anyway, it's, <laughs> so, this, so this doctor, he's a poltergeist uh, professional. And his, his one accomplishment he wanted to do was to create a ghost. Okay. Okay, so the group was composed of like several individuals, men and women, a, ver a, a variety of occupations. Um, the doctor himself was an expert on poltergeists. Okay. Nobody else had any kind of psychic abilities or paranormal affluence. So they were all just normal people. Okay. So they began the experiment, I believe it was 1972 or whatever. And they created a fictional character, and they named him Philip. I can't pronounce the last name, Aylesford or something. I think it was. But they gave him a history, too. And when they did that, they gave him likes and dislikes and a tragic ending to his own suicide, basically. Okay. Now, this is a, this is a fictional um, character that they're creating. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so wait, wait it just, just to specify, you're saying creating. What do you mean by creating? Well, like me, like if I sat here and said, hey, this is Jim standing here, and Jim was a welder on a job site, and he committed suicide. I just created basically a fictional character, right? Okay, so you're, what you're talking about is posing a story and tying it to something. Yes. Okay, a backdrop, background. Per se. Right. Okay. And again, we're not talking, this sucks we're not talking about possession, but <laughs> this is a very interesting thing now that you brought up other people because this is Toronto. So 
his original biography, I guess uh, they wrote it out to envision Philip's uh, identity in their minds. So they were creating a fictional character, basically. So he was a Catholic. Now, this is, again, the reason I brought this story out, because they made him a Catholic Englishman aristocrat. So here we are again with religion, right? What I say about possession, right? So here we are again with religion. And he lived, he supposedly lived in the 1600s, and they gave him a storyline. Basically, um, Philip came across a gypsy encampment, met a woman named Margot, fell in love, gave him a love story too. Imagine that. Fictional guy. Well, he supposedly became depressed. Um, he hadn't saved Margot from the uh, strange accusations, and she she had died because of his betrayal. For some time, he pretty much wandered, blah, 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 taking all this information. Anyway, I'm guessing to the story that he committed suicide after all that. Now, about a year, nothing happened for the entire project. And it began, it began to seem like a foolish endeavor to these people. You know what I mean? They were kind of giving up on it. Okay. So the, the, uh, the psychologist, I guess it was, he decided that this experiment needed a change. And guess where they went to? Where? Seance. Oh, you just said that the word. S word, yes. You just said that word. I did say the word. So it was thought that perhaps some of the members were having difficulty focusing on Philip. Now, you remember we tell you about bringing negative energy to our investigations, and those negative energies will determine how much um, activity we get. So this is kind of why I say that because. You know, in a seance, everybody has to focus on the same thing to be able to conjure whatever it is you're trying to conjure up, right? Correct? Yes. Okay. Well, these members were having difficulty on focusing on Philip because they knew he wasn't real. This is a fictional character. Holding something like a seance with dim lights, a table surrounded by chairs, et cetera, et cetera, you know, everybody holding hands, whatever would hopefully create a mood or more conductive, um, conducive is the word I'm looking for, conducive um, to the conjuring. And guess what happened? What happened? It worked. Really? Yes, sir. Strange things started to happen. Not stranger things, strange things. Yes, not the not the DOD or whatever, the D&D movie. Um, TV series. Yes. But anyway... They sat around focusing their will on conjuring Philip, and an unseen force started to tap on the table. So it was one knock for true, two knocks for false, communicating with them basically by rapping on the table with that. Okay, you got me so far? Follow me. Yes, I am. Okay, so they already knew the answers to these questions, of course, because they created this guy, right? They created this Philip character, so they already knew the answers. And, but the answers were consistent. And eventually, now let me, let me, let me say that again. The answers 
were consistent with the story that they created. So they were asking this spirit questions, which they already knew the answers to, but this thing was answering them correctly. Okay? So they then began to reveal new details from his past, which contained oddly accurate information regarding actual historical events. So what does that sound like to you? Sounds like, like maybe they took some actual events and threw it into this fictional character storyline. Potentially. 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 I say that with big air quotes, potentially. Right. So he even started to develop his own personality and occasionally the lights would dim and flicker and the table they said would elevate unexplained noises. Basically he was becoming something a bit more than what they expected. Right. Right. So eventually from what I was told, the group opened their doors to the public, inviting others to bear witness to the strange seance footage of one of the events was actually captured on film. Okay. You can probably Google it or something and find it, but I, I was told that one of the one of the events was filmed and it was actually captured. So long story short, this Toronto research created a ghost. That's just let's think about that. <laughs> Let's try to put that in a box, which there's not a box big <laughs> enough to to compartmentalize that. And now, see, this is what I'm saying. And you know, you know why I wanted to tell this story before I talk about the story I had with the possession that I dealt with, is because when people think about possession, they think, "Ah, fooey, you're crazy." Okay. Yep. But here's an actual story that you can look up on the internet. It's a true story. Conjuring Philip. Anybody f listening, feel free to look it up. Conjuring Philip. And so what happened was, even though that Philip never physically manifested as an apparition, apparition, only noises and, and tappings, you know, on the table or whatever is what they got. Mm -hmm. They tried to... Um, they tried to pretty much... Oh, here, here's another thing that's interesting about that that I just remembered. Others think the group that opened the door, so to speak, that Philip was in fact a ghost or worse. What do you think worse is? Hmm. What could be worse? A demon playing along with the participants' desires to create a, a form they didn't design a, uh, they're believing that they didn't conjure an actual spirit, that an actual demon is playing games with them. So ultimately, from what I gather, they tried to, they tried to, um, you know, get, a, get, get a do away with this Philip guy, this spirit that they created this, this thing. And as they tried to get rid of it, it started getting malicious. So to wrap that story up anyway, it, it basically, I don't remember how it ended. You just have to go do the research on that to, to see how it ended. But I believe that it started getting malicious. 
and they were having a hard time trying to get rid of it. They created it, didn't know how to get rid of it. You understand that? So Yes. Okay, so anyway, back to possessions. Sorry, folks, about the... I hope that story intrigued you. It is, it is really a true story. It's interesting. Besides the polybus video game that was put up there in Oregon, that's a whole other topic we can talk about at a later time, the polybus video game. You remember that? Yes, I do. That's another... Go- that's the U.S. government now. I believe it was the U.S. government that made that video game, and the kids that played it, they wound up sick or not feeling too good after and there was some kind of subliminal message behind the game as they played it or something is that so that is correct now we're talking conspiracy theories <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway my experience with a possession um we went and did an investigation again like you yourself we got a phone call from a young lady and I'm going to say a young lady because that way I can just know that I can say her instead of he. Young lady called us. Uh, you weren't around at that time. I think you were doing something else. Yes, I was. And this was kind of a dire emergency because she was telling us that her friend was acting pretty weird. And Weird, you say? Yeah, weird like not herself. Let's just start with that. So we go over, and like you, I walk into this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name it. It's an apartment complex. Okay. So, and the only reason I'm gonna say that because this this will tie into the whole story of what this apartment complex and what we talked about before: land, buildings, energy, blah blah blah. Well, I mean, just to throw it out there, apartment complexes are very dense, depending on the way they're built, with lots of bodies everywhere. True. Lots of energy. But, you know, like they do, they throw apartment complexes up anywhere. It could be on any old piece of property. They don't really care. They just want to build and rent. It's about money. So that's my opinion. Anyway, so we get there. And we get we walk inside the apartment. And there sits the uh, the young lady that invited us to come over there. And then there sits the young lady that we're supposed to be um, investigating, right? So the whole time, we're not feeling anything. I'm not feeling anything. And for the first couple hours, I'm sitting there. And as I was sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing here? You know, it's kind of a wasted trip, you know. So a couple hours, like I said, we're, we're a couple hours into this. And all of a sudden, this person... She basically, her whole demeanor changed. So where she was, you know, people sit comfortably, shoulders down, you're relaxed, whatever, and you're just talking. And for two hours, she didn't say anything foul. And when I say foul, I mean like the F word, the B word, any kind of cuss word, basically. She was very clean cut when she talked. So all of a sudden the one person that was questioning had said a question, had questioned her on something and it's like her whole demeanor changed. Next thing you know, I didn't notice it at first, but just the attitude, the tone of the attitude was different. 
And she pops right out. She's like, why the F are you here? And I was like, whoa, I was kind of floored, man, because I'm like, the whole time we've been talking, she ain't been this rude. And she's like, why the F are you here? Get out my effing house. What? Yeah. And so I'm, so <laughs> you're just doing your thing, and then it's just like... Boom. Boom. Right. Like, there was no segue, there was no... Nothing leading up to nothing. Nothing leading up to nothing. Yeah, we could have been talking about a pair of shoes, a dress she wore the day before, and all of a sudden it was like, boom, slap you in the face. Get out my effing house. What the F are you doing here? So we're all looking at each other, and we're just kind of like dumbfounded because we're sitting there and we're going... Okay. Now now mind you, this is this happened off and on for about another hour. And nothing crossed our mind as far as a takeover or a possession. I was going along the lines of bipolar or it really wasn't a form of Tourette's because Tourette's is more of a outburst. It can be, yeah. So I was automatically starting to think medical. Let's just go there. So the whole time we're sitting there and I'm thinking medical, it would it would go on for like five or ten minutes and then all of a sudden she would be like, oh, well, what, what pair of shoes were we talking about? And she was all calm about it. And the simple thing is I'm sitting there looking at her like, Okay, now we're back to where we were. So next thing you know, we're sitting there and a little bit of time passed and all of a sudden her demeanor changed again and she's like, are you effers still sitting here? I told you to leave. And she got up to go to the front door to open the door and escort us out the house, out the apartment. And her friend stood up and said, what are you doing? Well, I don't know who asked them to come here, but they need to effing leave. Are you serious? Yes. It's weird. <laughs> just a stranger just being like, boom. Right. Like one minute you're nice and you're all, you know, cupcakes and flowers. And next thing you're throwing daggers at us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what, what what's going on here? So long story short, we kept going. Come to find out um, the woman did a certain job that, she was around a lot of death and some of these people that do those type of jobs, they don't talk about it. They don't talk about their paranormal experiences that they've seen. Mm. And I'll go ahead and say it. Firefighters, EMTs, police officers, people like that. Um, I know quite a few of them that won't talk about their paranormal experience that they've seen. They've all seen it because of the, the amount of death they come across. So, this individual was in one of those lines of departments or whatever you want to call them. And we found this out, right? So we're thinking, okay, what do we do now? That was the question at hand. What do we do now? Well, we're into a few hours of this. And all of a sudden this time I noticed when her attitude changed, her shoulders went from a relaxed position to a straight upward position, like bowing up on us. Hmm. And I didn't notice that before, but now I do. So now I'm thinking this right here, this is, this is something else. So we took a 
five minute recess and I went outside and I told the certain people we you know, the team that we were in there investigating, I was in there investigating with. And I said, pay attention to her shoulders and her demeanor, hmm. her, her whole body motion. It's like a whole different person sitting there. So we went on for another hour or so and it kept going, but this time it kept coming instead of like coming every 30, 40 minutes. Now we're talking, the demeanor was changing every 10 or 15 minutes. It was getting stronger. And so, well, just let me jump in there real quick. Go ahead. By you saying stronger, what do you mean by stronger? Okay. So like, um, when I mean stronger, I don't mean attitude strong. I mean like whatever was taking her over was getting stronger and was able to do it faster before it took a while. Like it took, you might sit there for 30, 40 minutes before her demeanor, her attitude first. I'm going to say this, her attitude changed first. Then I noticed her demeanor, but we didn't notice the demeanor change because we were too busy. We were floored at the fact that she's already cussing at us, telling us to get out the effing house. We didn't pay attention to shoulders or body movement or anything. We were just floored that where'd this come from? What'd we do? What'd we say kind of thing. So I'm going to say stronger, like the entity that was taking her over was coming in stronger and faster. Like it was, this was happening quicker. The change sort of said, you know, the change, it was just going on quicker. So instead of waiting 30, 40 minutes, the change of her attitude and demeanor would start happening every 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So you were noticing a noticeable, <clears throat> that's a lot of notices back to back. Um, you were seeing a lot of things happening to where you could almost target or track the differences. Right. There's a time, there's a time frame there basically. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the more, and here we go again, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to go with the rest of the story, but here we go again with feeding the entity or the spirit attention, giving it attention, showing it that you know it's there. Right. Okay, so that they feed off. Remember we talked about how they feed off in the last podcast, how they feed off of that, and we tell people don't, don't give it attention, don't take photos, don't do nothing, just ignore it. Well, I believe this is what, we, what we've always proven to be true. The more, the more attention you give it, the stronger they get the more they can do and the faster they can do it, it seems like. So it boiled down to where everybody was in agreement that this was not a demonic possession by no means. I did run some water. <laughs> <clears throat> Running water usually irritates a demonic presence. Yes. So for, for the positive principle for about the, it. Exactly. I did. It was kind of funny because there was a set of steak knives sitting there and um, so I had I'd, I had the water running, right? Okay. And there was so the, again there was these steak knives. They were sitting there, and and the one investigator he, he got nervous because as this chick got angry, she got up and imagine like an apartment. You're in the kitchen area, and you know where the sink is, right? They got the hole cut out in the wall so you can look out into the living room or whatever. Okay. So on that little shelf right there in that hole, there was this set of steak knives. And he thought that 
she was going to walk over and pull one out and stab me because I, <laughs> I had the water running. Right. She got a little nervous, but all she, all she did was she walked over, stuck her hand through the hole, and shut the faucet off. Now, she wasn't irritated. Good thing. And she was more concerned of why we were still there. Why are we still questioning her? What are we doing? Well, then she went and sat back down, and she got normal again. And she goes, oh. I, I, I like the way you said that, got normal again. Like <laughs> it was just a matter of just switching a switch on or off. Right. So we we've we pretty much ruled out bipolar, Tourette's, all the medical conditions. And we kind of figured out because we started asking different questions. When her demeanor and her attitude changed, we started kind of questioning, why are you wanting us to leave? What's, well, you're on my property. Okay, so here's the thing we started thinking about. The things that she started to say now, you're on my property, you're on my land. Get off my property, get out of my house. Okay, we're not on anybody's property. We're in a freaking apartment complex. Hmm. Okay, so that's a dead giveaway. We're talking to somebody else here. Right. Okay. So obviously, obviously, my take on it was pretty simple, that she was being taken over by a spirit. Okay. So pretty much at that point, there's not a whole lot we can actually do with that. We, we, could, we did tell her, hey, you might want to take your friend down to the local church or whatever. Um, of course, she, I'm not the one saying this because I believe there's other things that you can do that I'm not really going to mention right now, but... As in, as in myself, or just you talk about general practicality in person, like options people can do. I let somebody else to give them the options because you know me. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here telling you that to me, religion. When you deal with the religion on the religion side of it, how do you know that's actually protecting you from whatever you're dealing with? So right. it's hard for me to sit there and go, "Hey, go down to your local church and talk to your priest," when I know, in fact, this might not help you. Okay, might make you feel better. So you're you're what you're saying is you're just a very matter of fact person that you like either a having results or b uh, like providing information you know that will get the job done. A realist. A realist. Okay, there you go. Because what I'm saying is like if I if you go and study Elizabeth Knapp, uh, Annalise, um, I believe even the Roth home that we did weren't that wasn't that family prominent. Catholic or Christianity type family, I believe. So when you look at that, and these people were possessed demonically. Now this, again, this was not demonic to me. This mm -hmm. was just a possession, mm -hmm. a spiritual takeover. Okay? So when you look at these people that had demonic, they had the worst kind of possession and that possession, um, because Christianity flat out is demons. I mean, they're just demons. It's either it's either heaven or hell with them. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so you're just talking about their religious viewpoint on the way they look at possessions? Right, look at a possession, okay. a takeover. Because it can be done by a demon, a god. It can be done by a, a spirit. Okay. So... 
there's some religious beliefs that believe that um, because a lot of times some religions say you have to invite this entity to come possess. You have to give it permission to take you over. Then there's some religions that say you don't have to give no permission. They're like, okay, so Christianity, I believe, I'd have to do my research on that again, but Christianity, I believe, is one that says like a God, a God, an angel, can come down and take take over your body without any kind of permission. Okay. Okay, so the Roman Catholic, when you get to Roman Catholics, their whole perception on possession was totally different. It was a total different, total different ordeal. So you're just basically what your point that you're trying to drive home here is that everybody has a different mindset. Everybody has a different uh, foundational base on what does and doesn't work hypothetically. Right. And if you feel like, okay, so possession, possession to us is one thing, right? It's, it's one thing, something taking over your body, your soul, your, your being, right? Then why does these religions have so many, they're all different. Why aren't they the same? Why don't you have one baseline for a possession? Because that would make life easy. So, okay, so nobody wants easy. Nobody wants it. But anyway, so Christianity, let's just, let me talk about that for a second. Christianity, um, their their possession derives from the devil, Satan, his lesser demons, the fallen angels in the battle between heaven and hell, basically. Okay, so just biblical sense of the 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 old school virtue of good versus evil is, okay. is what you're getting at. Right. Okay. So they're into basically the... Uh, like the New Testament mentioned several episodes in which Jesus drove out demons from persons, from people. Mm-hmm. While most Christians believe the demonic possession is an involuntary affliction, there are biblical verses that suggest demon possession is voluntary. Again, remember what I said, voluntary and involuntary. An example is Judas, who fell under the devil's possession in John thirteen twenty seven. I believe I researched that. It was a scripture of John. So the New Testament indicates that people can be possessed by demons, but that the demons respond and submit to Jesus Christ's authority. Okay? Now that's Christianity. Now, if that's the case, if that's the case, then how do you explain people that were highly religious people people like they ate and slept and breathed religion get demonic possession right you're, you're just basically getting to the point of if you walk talk and act the way you're supposed to do everything the right way your whole life why are you still susceptible exactly so anyway i know we just got off my my encounter of a possession but we got to do a part two of this anyway there's just so much to talk about but anyway so anyway, to get back to my, <laughs> I bet the followers, the listeners are going to be like, I think, I think, good God, I, this guy's everywhere. I think Dalton got possessed by the, by the gift of gab. Well, because it's so interesting. <laughs> and this is, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing in possession. 
possession is probably one of the prominent things in the paranormal world to be talking about. In the paranormal world or the real world, I believe. What is that, what is that statement go by? Uh, possession is nine-tenths of the law? Well, when they find that possessions are a, like a bigger majority than you think, actually. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's... Okay, so dem- when you break it down, demonic possessions are rare. Yeah. They're very rare. Okay. As far as the general populace knows. As, yeah, as far as they allow us to know, mm-hmm. like the Vatican and all the other um, certified exorcist priests out there that they can talk about it, but they only talk about certain things. They don't talk about the whole situation. They don't feed you everything. So my thing is, okay, so part two, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about it, part two. So anyway, here we are, this chick. We figured out she's being spiritually possessed. Okay, so on that on that foundation of finding out that she's being spiritually possessed, now we go into the investigation part a little deeper. Now we have to figure out why. So let, let me let me get this real straight here. Let me do a quick little recap. Go ahead. We touch base on possessions of individuals. And you originally stated in the beginning of the podcast, there's multiple types of possessions. You have the possessions in the biblical sense, hypothetically. Demonic. Demonic. Or angels. Okay, uh, angels. And then you have possessions of a different sense that aren't of a... Spiritual. Okay, that are of a different purpose, different... Yeah, you could have an angry spirit. Okay. Um, a regular angry ghost mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. that if being around uh, certain that certain household of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, for instance, like this. So let me finish how we found what we found, and then this will kind of <clears throat> explain what I'm trying to say. Okay, bring it back around. Okay, so we did some investigation and or some... Uh, what do you want to call it? Studies. Went down to the local library. Uh, did some research on that land that the apartment complex was built on. Okay. Come to find out that apartment complex was built on a plantation. Okay. So what we gather is when we kind of went back and we started to, I'm not going to say the, the person's name or anything, and I'm not talking about the one we're investigating. I'm talking about the one that passed away. When this, when she started talking to us and we said her name, she was surprised. Really? Yes. So when you said this person's name, the person that was taken over was, was surprised. Was surprised. And that's how we knew who we were talking to. So this lady... That was being taken over. The apartment complex was built on a plantation. Now, we did our research on where the house, the main house, and if you were dealing with a plantation, you're dealing with a pretty good sized home. Is what you're you're dealing with a two or three story house, you know, a huge southern mansion or something. You know what I'm saying? If you got a big plantation like that, most plantations home are pretty good size. So. 
we found out that the house, the location of the house that was on this plantation was exactly where that building sat. Get out of here. No. It was, we pretty much, if we measured everything correctly, this plantation home, you know apartment buildings, right? Yes. So there's a separate building, a separate building, a separate building. So where this one building sat in the middle of this apartment complex, she was pretty much in the middle of this apartment complex, the building was where the plantation home was. And from what we figure from pictures of the plantation home that was there back then, this is going to get you. The master bedroom was dead smack in the middle of their living room. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Crazy, man. Crazy. Crazy. But, but if you look at the picture, you look at the pictures of the plantation home. Okay. Where the master bedroom was, and you hold it up, you put, you know how you overlap? Yes. Okay. You overlap. Now, obviously, the plantation home isn't the same width as an apartment building. Okay. But when we did our measurements and we figured out that this house sat pretty much dead center of this apartment building, mm -hmm. then you can overlap. You can overlap the two pictures. So we overlapped the mansion pretty much where we thought it would be. And then you look at where the master bedroom was and the master suite was dead smack dinner, uh, dead in the middle of their living room. Now, the woman that was being taken over spiritually mm -hmm. was being possessed by the lady from that era of the plantation. And the more we investigated, more questions we asked her, she thought she was in her own house, not the apartment. She thought she was in her plantation home on the plantation and that we were intruders in her house. And the only thing, the weird thing was, the weird thing was she recognized the girl's friend that told us to come out here and do the investigation like, I don't know what happened there. We never really, and it's pretty, pretty uh, crappy on our part that we didn't dig into that part of the investigation because we were too amazed that here we are. We we have an actual possession on camera. We have footage of this happening. So the thing I'm trying to say is, she acknowledged this entity acknowledged the other chick to be her friend and didn't care that she was there. So somehow this entity taking over this girl and then this girl that lived there with this other girl, they just became friends. And she, she gave her some attitude, but not like us. That's, but, in, that, that's interesting that it's just not carte blanche one certain way. Right. That there was that that sense or error, the way you're describing it, to where whatever the entity was made its mind up of, I'm going to be this way towards these individuals, but this person's going to be different. Difference in demonic and spiritual possession. Demonic is one way. Demonic, straight up, just crap. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, 
it's roofless. Okay? Spiritual possession, you're talking about an actual human being that lived once and now is channeling through a person to communicate, if I worded that right. Yes. Okay, so that's why you have a thought process with this possession being just a spiritual possession, not a demonic possession, but just a spiritual possession. And you actually have a thought process here with the possession. So it's not just straight up demon, I'm going to twist this body, break fingers, you know, throw up pea soup, turn my head around in circles, 360 degrees and all that crazy stuff. Okay. (laughs) But the spiritual possession, what I thought was very unique is she chose to be friends with the other girl that lived there because they were roommates. As far as what I gathered, they were roommates. But this entity that took this chick over, it was like, because she, remember, you remember, you, you could have caught on to that earlier because I kept telling you, like, she would look at the other girl and be like, why are they here? Well, I invited them, you know, basically. She would communicate with her, but in a different... Mannerism. Mannerism and tone. And the mannerism and tone was of the 1800s, early 1900s. It wasn't the mannerism of 2022, or when we did it, it was probably, what, 2012 or so, 2000? Yeah, I think it was 2012, 2013. Something like that. So it wasn't that mannerism. It was an older, I don't want to say prehistoric uh, mannerism, but it was... It was more... Um, Prehistoric. How far back are you going on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I ain't talking cavemen or nothing. I'm talking uh, what a prominent. You know, like a lot of people in the 1600s, 1800s mm-hmm. were prominent. What, do you, what would you call that? They were... You're talking about their status? Status and demeanor. Right. The, the way they were very forthcoming and, and uh, matter of fact... Let's, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Proper. Proper. The way they carry themselves. Yes, that's about, the term. That's the word. Right. It was all about <clears throat> image and, and title. Yeah, like like the women wore like 20 pieces of clothing, before, you know, to get dressed to go out in 100 degree weather. You know what I'm saying? Where today, you know, you just wear a t-shirt and a pair of shorts or whatever. Right. So proper. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Her attitude when she took over that chick was proper. It was a proper... 1700s attitude but but with the foul language included so but anyway this apartment complex sat on this plantation the house was there the master bedroom was dead center of the living room and the woman that lived on the plantation was possessing spiritually possessing or channeling if you want to say now there's two different things right there channeling yes you can possess, would you consider possession be a takeover or just a channel? Like somebody, like the spirit is channeled. You know how, go ahead. Is that a rhetorical statement or do you want me to answer That's a that? question. Okay. I, I would say it all depends on what the outcome is of what happens. Because I've seen it personally to where it's very visceral and, and, and just you know, matter of fact, and just intense. I've seen it to where it's very docile and very lighthearted and nonchalant and kind of wafy and like, you know, not a big deal. I've seen it to where it's it's more prominent 
but it's not scary. Um, I think a lot of it depends on the individual that may be utilized uh, to be a conduit, as I call it, is the best way that I can reference it. Right, so then you can say channeling. They're channeling through the person to communicate. So would you would you call, would you sit here and call a spiritual possession more of a channel? And a demonic possession, of course, is what it is. It's a demonic possession. So could there just be one type of possession, which would be demonic? That's a complete takeover because that's when you look at these people that were possessed demonically, their bodies were driven, they were forced to do things to their bodies that obviously they wouldn't have done on a normal sense, like break your fingers or something, you know what I'm saying? Or do the, are they contortionists? You know, Elizabeth Knapp, she was a servant back in the 1600s. And the complaint was that she was not only throwing fits, but begin, her body began to contortion. Now, was she using that to make a name for herself? To be, because, you know, they were, they were, what, Puritans, I believe I said they were? Um, was she trying to raise her status so that she didn't have to be a servant no more? She could actually be somebody? Or So was this, this girl in the 1600s, was she a contortionist back then? And they didn't even know what that was. This is 20 years, I believe it was 20 years, before the Salem witch thing, which we can talk about later. But that's how old it was. So do you think this chick was one of the first contortionists and was just doing it just to use it to make status for herself? Or was she actually taken over by a demon and the demon was like twisting her body around? You know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. No, no pun, pun. No pun. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, you know, we all heard this analogy slash metaphor, however you want to look at it. There's always two sides to a coin. Yeah, and I always say there's three sides to every story. There's there's your side, their side, and the truth. That's the way I look at it. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some things that happened with that whole scenario or situation that were unintentional. And due to society and what their slant viewpoint was on modern science and, and uh, medical practices and, and all of those wonderful things. And for whatever reason, things happened. And with a limited scope of understanding, it just got ran with. Because, hmm. you know, if, if we're going to call bygones, you know, it'd be bygones here and, and call stuff for how it is. There's no way getting around. Back in the day, religion was the utmost form of ideology for thought process for multiple things. That's power over the people. You know, and if it didn't fit along those lines or confines, then, you know, I'm not going to get into all the different ways and, and things, but people had miserable lives or their lives no longer existed, unfortunately. And it was definitely an uncertainty time of not understanding how or why. It's not like it is today. I think without a doubt, though, a situation did happen. And I think there was a lot of uncertainty. 
and there was a lot of not understanding what was going on. And then, and that's the, and that's the, and then you're, and then you have to wonder because it happened so long ago. You have to wonder if the person that actually documented actually documented in the correct way. You don't know because you weren't there. I wasn't there. It was sixteen hundreds, you know. So you have to wonder if the documentation was actually done in the proper manner. But it raises a question every time I talk about something. I always have to raise a question, but it still raises a question with me: Is a spirit possession just a channeling? Now you take a psychic or a medium, and let's. Have you ever done any seances? We were talking about conjuring Philip, but I mean, have you ever done any seances? I never made it a point to do a seance. It's tricky. Because it's uh, like everything in life. It can go sideways real quick. Um, I've known people that have done multiple seances. I've known of people that have done seances and they've turned out bad. Mm -hmm. um, so... For things that I either had an interest in or participated in, uh, that was one of the things that I actually steer clear of. Okay, because the reason I ask is, you know, you've heard the stories of uh, the actual head person, the person that's actually doing the seance. The other people are conductors. So she's... She or he is physically using the others as energy to call forth in the spirit world, if you want to say. Am I, am I on the right track there with that? Yes. Okay, so this gets back to channeling. Now, when you see them call upon a spirit and the spirit feeds through them to where, let's say it's a woman doing it, a female, and she starts talking in a man's voice. Wait. What? Yeah, think about it. A female starts talking in a man's voice. Right, because it's a male spirit that she conjured. So you you know how they take over the, the uh, lead person, and then they'll start talking, like say if it's a French person, all of a sudden, that person will start talking French, but she's out of it. She's like, you know, you can tell, like, she's not there. Okay. Is that a possession or is that channeling? <laughs> <laughs> There's the million dollar question, my that's, friend. That's what I'm saying, though. How do you know? What do you? So, so this this girl. Okay, so obviously yours, your experience, was a straight up possession. Maybe okay. Let's let's look at my experience. Yeah, you the one you the story you just told. Okay, your experience with the person that you encountered was was taken over by somebody. Right. Okay, and and I agree that I'm going to say, in my opinion, it's it was a slight demonic possession from just what you were saying. That it all feeds the wounds of demonic. The throwing the fits, the attitude, the non-changing, the running water stuff bothered him, uh, bothered the person. You know what I'm saying? It's, all that feeds into a demonic possession. Now, I know there's a guy or a female out there. They're probably laughing, boo, throwing salt over their shoulder or, or whatever they might think. I don't really care. The point of being is when you get to my story, 
was that entity just channeling through using this girl as a vessel to let people know that you were in their house? Cause she thought she didn't know that she was in an apartment. She thought she was sitting in her master bedroom in her house. That's what she saw. She described it to us. What the inside of the house looked like. Cause we asked her, we said, what do you think we are? You're in my house. Well, what did your house look like? And she told us. So do you think she was seeing something different? Whatever I, whatever it was, whatever this entity was or spirit or... or yeah, this is a whole other conversation, but I, I believe the entity, from what she described, it wasn't that apartment. So she had to be sitting in her house. And we were there. So even though we're looking at an apartment, she's looking at her house. And we're looking at each other. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this little paradox here. Okay, so she's sitting in her master bedroom, obviously knows that we're there, right? Okay. So she's describing the plantation house. She's telling us what the room looked like. Well, obviously, it didn't look like the apartment. So we're sitting in the apartment looking at the chick that's being taken over, okay? And, of course, we're in the apartment. So, again, the apartment doesn't look anything like what she's describing the room that she's in is is in. Like, we're sitting there. That's why she was mad. So, I, I got to... I'm going to throw a question out there real quick. This person that you were speaking with, when they were looking at you, were they looking at you or did you feel they were looking through you? No, looking at me. Okay. so they She were, was straight up looking at so us. So they were tracking you. And, and Yeah, but can you imagine like, okay, here's people. First of all, the, here's another failure that I'm going to say that we did. I didn't think about till now. I just thought about it. We didn't ask the question, what kind of clothes are we wearing? Okay. So if you're if this was a seventeen, eighteen hundreds plantation, wouldn't our clothes be weird? So you were looking to see if, if they were referencing period clothing for that error, so that way you could say, Okay, this person sees me as me, but they're also seeing me wear something different than what I'm actually yes, wearing. Yes. That would be very interesting in that investigation, wouldn't it? failure on my part to even right now to think about something like that i'd have to remember that if we ever come across that how are you seeing me right now are you seeing me in my blue jeans and my cowboy boots and t-shirt or are you seeing me in 1800 apparel i don't know man maybe it might have been an upgrade to see you in 1800 apparel i wouldn't mind wearing eight i'd wear western apparel like like old you know Cowboy apparel, like old, uh, like Billy the Kid type stuff. There you go, man. Two six shooters. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, was this entity? So to me, what what do you think? I mean, do we call that a possession or we call it channeling? She was channeling because she was angry or? You know, I can't put a finger on that in all sincerity. It, it sounds like it was more relaxed more low-key than my experience that I had. Oh, it was way different, way different. Um, but, you know, it just, it just 
depends on circumstances, I think. And I think it just depends on where you're coming from. Some people may only know channeling. Some people may only know possession. Some people may only know being, quote unquote, being taken over. It, it just depends. It's a borderline thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's why I brought it up to you because I'm sitting here going, when we encounter this kind of stuff, do we do we look at it as a channeling or do we look at it as a full-on possession? To me, a full-on possession is exactly that. They have taken over this person and there's nothing there but that entity. That's a full-on possession to me, whether it's spiritual or demonic. Now, I'm going to throw my opinion out there because the more I talk about it, I'm just going to call it maybe a light possession, more channeling than a possession because she was back and forth. So when you mean back and forth, you're talking about being lucid, being back to the original individual yes. of who physically has all of her own faculties and is able to talk, walk, yes, see, and, then, and, and then, act normal. Right. And then when we even, because one thing we don't do, one thing we didn't do was for the longest time, we didn't mention the other woman. We didn't say anything about it. We went right along with leaving off with the conversation that we had before she changed, before her uh, episode, basically, before she her demeanor and her attitude and everything changed, and we knew then we were talking to the 1800s woman. Okay. So the more I think about this, actually, the more I'm just going to lean on there was more channeling done than there was possession that this woman were sitting in her master bedroom, basically. And this spirit's like, what the F are you doing in my house? And she used this other woman, this woman that we come to investigate, she used her like she would use, what do you call the person? What would you call a person, the head of the the seance, the person that does it? Uh it just depends, and they have multiple names. Because, it? Yeah. Okay. So. I, I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. I honestly don't know what you would call them. But anyway, mm-hmm. so it's almost as though you could say it's a light possession, but I'm going to say that the entity was channeling through her to let us know her dislike of us being there. And that's why it was in and out, basically. Like she'd be there for five or 10 minutes and then she would leave. And then the normal, the chick would be normal again. She would just be herself for, you know, however many minutes. And then all of a sudden the other entity, the entity, the actual spirit entity would come back and show her dislike that, Oh, you're still here. Why the F are you still here? Get out. Hmm. How many times do I got to tell you to leave? Well, what if we don't want to leave? Well, I'll make you leave kind of thing. Well, let's not get that way. Let's not get hasty. How about we just have a conversation? What kind of conversation? Well, tell me where you're sitting at. What's your room look like? What's this look like? You know, do you realize that you're actually talking to people that don't know you? Well, yeah, of course you do. Okay, that's a dumb question, right? But what I meant by that is when we asked that, how did she know that we're talking like, you realize we're in another time period? <laughs> it's like... So when that aha moment happened, how did everything go? I mean, once it was realized that it's like, hey, here's what's going on. 
we never mentioned that she was dead. We never mentioned nothing like that. That's one thing I, I feel like that's not my place. I mean, to help people cross over, to do the things that a lot of people do, I, I'm not into that. But I'm not going to sit there and tell an empty that it's taken over because you never know how that's going to turn out. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's just it's all over the place. All right. So we've been all over the place, <laughs> actually. But anyway, um, that's my encounter with that. And, you know, I know we've been on here a little bit longer than normal, but there's a lot. we got to do a part two of this, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, this topic of possessions, it's just so much to it. I mean, we try to touch base on each one of our experiences, you know, and, well, we saw how that went. That was a road trip that just never seemed to end, almost. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I went to the the Conjuring Philip and all that, but it, it, that's an interesting story that they created a ghost. Uh, I don't think I ever thought about creating a ghost, but anyway, um. You want to spit the info, info at theory paranormal dot com? Oh, you just did. <laughs> so for all of our listeners, if anybody has any questions they want to email us, uh, feel free to email us at info at theory dot com. And uh, we will entertain your questions. Or if you want to just give us commentary, things you like, don't like, or anything you want to talk to us about, particularly about one of our podcasts. And, uh, you know, clue us in, and we'll definitely be able to check that out and get back to you. Yeah, we'll definitely have a part two coming up on this on this discussion. I feel like we can probably do another two hours of discussing this. Oh, easily, easily, without a doubt. And we, we did investigate the Roth home. We need to talk about the Roth home up there, the Watsika Wonder in Illinois that we investigated. That was a recorded possession, I believe, in um, 18... 1800, late 1800s? Yep, sounds about right. Yeah. Late 1800s, early 19s. Yeah, 1800s. So we need to talk about that house as well. That was a cool place to investigate. But um, yeah, man, I hope somebody uh, gets on here and asks some questions off of this one. This one's, uh, this one's definitely a uh, get on that bandwagon or, or however you want to put it. I mean, it's, it's prominent in the paranormal even the real world, people don't believe too much in it, but uh, it's 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 very real. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So this is where we're going to end episode four of Possessions with Theory Paranormal. As always, don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs>